Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 12th episode of this uh, second season of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Sporting a a very pleasurable-to-the-eyes turtleneck right now, Miles is looking like a hot piece of meat right now, and I just want to taste. Stop. Oh, my goodness. I'm over here getting all flustered. Nolan, wow, what an intro. This is my favorite one so far. Uh, how are you doing today? I understand you're you're not feeling one thousand. No, I I I'm like sixty two percent sure I probably tore my meniscus, probably. But I went to a clinic and they basically told me that I just need to like use ice and or like ice and heat and physiotherapy, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right, but I guess I'll just have to take it and just move on. Mm-hmm. So. I'm probably going to go get a second opinion just so I can go get an MRI. Cause like I've had, I've had knee pain like for quite a while in my life, but this is like next level shit right now. So I don't know. It's not, it's not great. It's not ideal. So, um, yeah, it stinks. Miles, save, how are you? Save yourself the fucking around and just go across the border to Buffalo and let them, uh, scope your knee for like five grand. You'll be better, better than ever. Or I could go to like Turkey and get it done for like two hundred bucks, <laughs> and you get a free shawarma on your way out of the doctor's <laughs> office after a Turkish procedure. Miles, this is heading down a very problematic road right now. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I've become what I hated most. Miles is gonna get canceled. <laughs> We uh we toe the line sometimes here at the one for one headquarters and yeah this this might be it honestly season two episode twelve um I had the under on that thought it, <laughs> you, thought it would happen the under. I had the under uh, on yeah. that for sure yeah well I I mean I was kind of expecting after after like the first Tyson Berry turnover and like the second game that all right that's it we're done I'm I'm done I'm done with this I'm done with this season I'm done with this team. We've been saved a couple times here too with the magic of editing, having Nolan uh, cut out a few of my more tasteless <laughs> jokes or uh, a, a tactical beep when something's a little too unbelievable. So, and by unbelievable, I mean like not in the good way. So, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with us, and hopefully you're gonna stick with us through another episode. Um, that I actually did the bulk of the notes for. This is going to be a wild ride. I, I, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have seen if the folks at home um, following along would have been like, this sounds like a lot more degenerate late. <laughs> this sounds a lot more miles, like the time that I did the solo episode, and I'm just reading off your notes verbatim. Daddy yummy. <laughs> That was the one that stuck out to me. Hearing that in the truck speakers, I was like, "I'm a fu- I'm a loser. I'm such a loser." <laughs> and I, I I've I've kind of been doing some of my own personal reflection off of late or off of listening to the latest episodes because what I've been hearing is when you start talking, and I've been like, this just shows that how much of a degenerate I've become when it comes to editing. At points, I can hear myself doing my. In the background, and it drives me nuts, and I'm so sorry to every person that has listened in the audience, because I'm going to make a valiant effort to not do that. I looked it up. All I need to do is drink more water. Gonna drink more water. Gonna lean away from the mic. I'm gonna try and not lean so much like this all the time. I'm just gonna lean back and just let it flow. Let yourself go. 
slow yeah, and low. That is the tempo. I'm going to try to swear less this episode too. I've already got one. I've already got one out of the barrel. So I'm, I'm going to try and be uh, crisp and clean with no caffeine for the rest of the episode until we get to the LA Kings game, LA Kings Oilers game. And then, and then, and then I'm going to have one or two that are going to be ready to go. Miles, you're wearing, you're wearing a turtleneck. Swearing is, is not possible in a turtleneck. Ah, uh, correct. I just need a, like a cipher of whiskey, a cognac and a cigar. God, I, I, I told Miles, Miles this before we started recording, but he, he's actually distracting to me right now. Like his, <laughs> his look is distracting me. Man, I have to go to debate after this. So I just, I just got to be ready to go out the door and, um, I, I, well, we won't get in trouble for it. Um, I, I, I know what the resolution is. I know what the topic's going to be tonight. And it's one that I'm going to be, put my whole arm in the Ram fans Carter. So I want to look good <laughs> while I'm, while I'm up there dunking on these kids. And I'm just looking like a uh, divorced suburban dad right now. No, 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 no. You look like um, like uh, like the boys that have a couple of days off, and you're in Oshawa for the weekend. You're gonna go check out the mall. You look like a nice hockey boy. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Do I look like I smell good? Oh yeah, you look like a, at least at least a Nordstrom rack fragrance. Yes, let's go. All right, let's go. go. Off to a blazing start, Miles. Let him let the people at know or let the oh Jesus Christ, let the people at home know what's going on. Absolutely, I would love to. Uh, Today we are going to be doing recaps for the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the game against the Seattle Kraken, and the game as mentioned against the Los Angeles Kings. From there, we will move into a little bit of general discussion, um, coming mainly out of a poll that was posted on the Instagram this weekend i don't know if uh, if you noticed this weekend one but i was a man on a mission on the instagram i was i was a meme making machine because in 2021 currency is clout and that is made through memes uh after that nolan we're gonna get into a bunch of nhl stuff it has been a freaking busy time in the national for head coaches and for teams losing a uh, couple players getting signed a couple play- players getting hurt uh and some cool stuff going on in new jersey as well as some not-so-cool stuff going out on the East Coast. Uh, who would have thunk it? So a couple of things that we are going to be talking about NHL-related, and then, as always, we're going to wrap things up with the future slate of games and our predictions. Going off of that, Nolan, predictions from last week. Um, you were very good. Thank you. I was very bad. I just got two games fucked up, but... I I felt pretty good about my prediction because um though you're you're about to hear the descent of a of a of of you're about to hear the descent of a man's psyche when his optimism granulates into pessimism. How was that? Was that was that was that wordy enough? That was like high school book club wordy. Like I want to punch you in the mouth. Thank you. And that means that that was good. Thank you. I I I appreciate that. So let's okay. We'll get to the general. We'll, we'll save. Let's this start. Later. We're happy. We're happy right now, Nolan. This we're starting with the first. But game but, but I'm not even that happy about it. That's the problem. Like well, the the whole game was the problem. Like, okay, and whatever. We're, maybe you no, just need a hug. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Who, maybe who I knows? do. Maybe I do. Who knows, who knows Dad? Okay, um, so yeah, uh, 5-2 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Zachary Hyman owes us a freaking hat because, my goodness, and I feel bad for Zach Hyman. But, uh, I, I, 
What would you say? I, I said, I agree, Nolan. I do feel bad for Zacharias Hymas as well. Um, but we'll get to that. One for one bingo. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, going into this game, it was the Crosby versus McDavid show. Always a fun storyline when you get to see two absolute generational studs facing off against each other, especially in the cold city of Edmonton. Uh, not to mention two guys that are guaranteed to be on the Canadian Olympic team. Maybe they'll be teammates. Well, good one, Moe. Of course they're going to be teammates. Maybe they'll be line mates. Who knows? Probably not. But always a fun storyline nonetheless. Uh, Pens slash Crosby have definitely had the Oilers number since McDavid joined the National, uh, going 6-0-1 against the Oilers in that time. So going into this game, I think people were a little bit nervous. <laughs> nervous. Uh, to see what was going to happen. But nonetheless, I was very confident that the Oilers were going to play uh, well enough in this game to capture it. And Nolan, with that, take it away. Well, Oilers get shelled in the first period, outshot, outchanced. Where have we seen what, this before? What time did the game start? <laughs> huh, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, But luckily, King Zachary Hyman opens the scoring, scoring his 10th of the year on just a classic Dirt bag, get his fucking feet in the crease, nose for the net goal off of an assist from Connor McDavid. Sorry, I screwed that up. It was a complete and utter snipe, snipe show from <laughs> Zachary Hyman. Um, and then uh, following that, uh, Jake Gensel scored to tie it up. Um, this is immediately after he was called swagless by Miles. Actually, not by Miles. So I made a big mistake watching this oh. game so twitter has this new thing where you can join like rooms and you can essentially like listen to people on twitter live um as they do stuff it's, it's become a really horny zone i don't know if you've known that but it's um, become very horny i've never heard of that word before it's not something i subscribe to but uh, <laughs> i uh Especially i made a turtleneck yeah definitely not uh so i made the mistake of joining uh big heat daddy's room on oh, that God. one and some of the fucking shit he was saying on all oh, there's a swear some of the shit he was saying was absolutely out of pocket like one first and foremost if you've never heard that guy's voice before don't do not listen to his podcasts. Do not listen to him live. Just read his tweets because as soon as that veil is broken, as soon as that pane of glass is shattered, you're never coming back because he sounds like an absolute idiot. It, it's it's hard to listen to. Anyway, Does he like talk like this? No. It, he. I don't want to get into it, but if, if you listen, you'll know what I mean, and I think you'll know why I didn't say it, and now everybody's going to be – coming for me because they're gonna listen to him and be like you're a piece of shit uh jokes on you i used to be a piece of shit but he he was calling jake getzel swagless and like talking about like how he's like an ivy league bitch and then all of a sudden just bang he scores one so it was like immediately after he got chirped and i thought it was really funny but um yeah that uh that that wasn't me i wish i could steal that valor but i cannot yeah and then uh I, I I don't I don't know where we've seen this one before. Uh, but guess who made it? Uh, guess who made it two one? Um, as he's referred to in the Schumann household, a uh, hardworking Hyman. Hard. He's just so hardworking. Um, 
yeah, just a, just a guy is just a golden retriever that has the attitude of a pit bull. He will go to the net and will score goals. But on this one, once again, a nifty little clapper off of a one-timer from Connor McDavid. Clap on, clap off. The he clapper. The clapper. <laughs> uh, speaking of type of pit bull he is, Nolan, I just want to re- revisit that. Is he like a blue nose? Is he like an English? Is he like a um, hotel motel holiday inn? Like which one is he? He's like one of those ones um, that is uh, that like dog moms will share on Facebook being like, why is this type of dog banned? He's so nice. <laughs> Oh, that that woman is from New Jersey. Um, that so, woman is that woman is from Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Oh, <laughs> uh, where it's not too swift and it's not too current. Shaboing! So we're in the middle of the game here. It's two to one. The Zachary Hyman show. The floodgates are open, and then Teddy uh, Bluger. Did I say that right? Yes, you said that right. Ah, uh, good. Look at me. Hey, when they're not from. Um, east of the german wall uh, they're pretty easy to say uh, so yeah teddy bluger evens the scoring on like we talk about not being hockey minds here nolan but i'm going to pretend to be a hockey mind for a second a really nice set play off of an offensive zone draw it was absolutely surgical passing from that face-off win uh to get it back to latang over to rodriguez who fed it just uh nicely across the ice for a, a better shooting angle better shot opportunity and and bluger just nailed it in the back of the net 2-2 game tied up all even second period he's he, teddy bluger so underrated man like him and zach aston reese are just such good players i just i just really really enjoy watching them and it just it it's so on brand for penguins to have like teddy bluger with six goals in the season already when kyler yamamoto had now has five <laughs> that's just, a... i that's a really good point, man. Because I, I like don't even know how to say this guy's name, but he's out here making shots look easy. Like that, that's a he. He kind of got that puck like in his feet a little bit, um, and on and off the blade in a split second into the back of the net. Like it was that. That's like a goal scorer's kind of shot, quick release. So um, I was like actually pretty impressed. And yeah, that's very Penguins to have. That's that's what they call a goal scorer's goal. Uh, and then, so, so now it's, it's two, two and guess who's going nuts. Guess who, guess who's losing his, uh, foreseeable shit. That would be myself, Nolan, because, but luckily Kyler Yamamoto scores his fifth of the season off of a couple of assists from. Tyson Berry and Chris Russell. Oh! No! We don't what? want that! Yucky! Go to your room! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> pew, pew, it's like it's pew, like the Chris. it's like the scene from the office where Michael's like, I'm gonna kill myself! <laughs> no, Chris! You can't play 22 minutes and get points. This isn't fucking 2011! You wanna talk about what what keeps me up at night? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Kyler Yamamoto, who's, I, I think he's kind of starting to put it together, but still incredibly inconsistent. He is consistently inconsistent. It's like, it's in a, a, a remarkable achievement on, on his end. 
he's he's two weeks removed from the episode where I was like, he's gonna break out. He's gone. It's coming. I'm on board. So um, I get one more week for him to just go absolutely nuclear before I can uh, and still say called it. And then after that, the statute of limitations passes and and I'm done. And then I believe this was after killing a penalty. Leon Dreisaitl feathers a gorgeous pass to Connor McDavid, which begins a two-on-one. Oh my God, who's on the two-on-one with him? Is it Zach Hyman? Is it Jesse Puliyarvi? Is it, is it did Leon Dreisaitl somehow make it up there? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the Dentine Daddy. Oh, of the season. Wow, we, that was <laughs> that was beautiful by us, by the way. <laughs> and at one for one headquarters, we love. When defensemen are scoring uh, uh, like oh, over half a point per game and getting little to no power play time, and we'll get to the power play because we will, we we'll we'll get to it. Uh, just I, I mean, this was this was something we did, we well we mainly see it from Darnell Nurse when Darnell Nurse joins the rush, but it was so nice to see Evan Bouchard join that rush and to score that huge goal, and just. A casual three points for Connor McDavid so far in this game. And then closing it all off, Pittsburgh. Or, well, oh my god, we forgot about the goal that was called back. Ah, oh, how could we forget? That's that's where he owes us a hat from. That's where the hat comes from. Uh, yeah, so... Zach Hyman scores what we all thought was the hat trick. And, um, yeah... I believe it was who, who? Who was it? Was it Kyle Yamamoto was offside? I can't. I honestly I think, can't. Remember. I think it was. I think it was Zach himself was offside. Well, Zach, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? And unfortunately, goals called back, but the Oilers do score one more, but it was off of the stick of Connor McDavid, and which, typically speaking, I don't get that upset by that. No, abso- absolutely it's, not. It's just, it's just sad. It's just, it's just hashtag sad, and um, that's kind of the theme of this episode for me. Is a little sad. It's a little sad. Um, yeah. Here, this will make you feel better. Uh, that empty netter, the exclamation point on the game, some are calling it, um, was assisted by Boosh Daddy and Bison yep. Daddy. By the way, we forgot to mention King Shit Yesapuyarvi trademarking the term Bison King. Oh my man, get the bag, King. And absolutely, the, the funniest thing about that whole thing, the whole trademarking thing, is like the tweet that announced it because it's like after getting dangerously close to a bison, which is like just really <laughs> funny. But then you Google it, like you actually look at you know, like at a Canadian national parks like recommendation for distance to yeah, an adult bison than a hundred meters. <laughs> With, don't go within a hundred meters of a full-grown bison. And Puliyarvi was like six feet from it, smiling, like giving a thumbs up. Like he is yes, the bison. Yes, has been tragically murdered by a bison in northern Alberta. Hey, that could have gone one of two ways. This way, this is the one time uh, timeline that we're living in, and it's fun and it's good. The other timeline, he's trampled to death, and we're looking for a right winger. How, how much you want about the Oilers Nation guys after they were like after the, after they manufactured Bison King T-shirts are like fuck because they have a C and D coming from Jessupley Army. Uh, I just put a non-refundable order for fifty thousand shirts. God damn it! 
Oh no! I'm ruined! Guess it was also ruined the shot counter because the Pittsburgh Penguins took 34 shots on net compared to the Oilers 22. Oh, Miko, Miko, Miko. Oh, this fucking team. 32 saves for a .941 save percentage. Um, Quietly good. Quietly steady night for lay Oilers. But you know who wasn't so good? The Oilers power play going 0 for 3. Out hit 45 to 15 and lost the faceoff war by two draws. So this is the beginning of where my concerns come from is this was a game that I believe the Oilers got outplayed for 40 minutes once again. Mm-hmm. And that third period had a nice little nice little comeback. They were able to capitalize on chances. But this <sighs> Uh, okay, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. But do you have anything else to say about the Pittsburgh Penguins game? Um, no, not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, but just for those of you who are uh, keeping track at home, uh, Connor McDavid, quiet four-point night, while Sid the Kid had one assist going minus four on the night. Tough game for Sidness Crosbis. Um Connor also hijacked him along the boards for that first goal where he like kind of took the puck, like um, kind of took it off Crosby's stick, kind of did a little turn, a little dosy do and fired it up to Hyman who went in and scored. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just good stonks for Oilers fans. So even though they did get outplayed and timely scoring, in my opinion, is the only thing that saved their, their buttocks. Um, always nice when Connor shows up Crosby. If anyone was wondering, I did win money off of Connor McDavid having four points that night. So thank you very much for asking. That is all that I was worried about. Excellent. Thank you, Miles. Um, you know what I was worried about? The uh, 4-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken on Friday night. Death taxes and former Oilers scoring on the Oilers. Those are the only three things in life that are guaranteed. These are a few of my favorite things. Oh, the Oilers first game at, as a miles wrote it in here, the climate Dick's arena in salmon town or whatever on I'm brand, not, of course, am I wrong? <laughs> and this was the return of S Skinner, captain of the SS backstop. I mean, it's aquatic themed. I, I like it. I live a very aquatic lifestyle. If you couldn't tell by the turtleneck. Miles, miles, miles loves water. He, he loves he loves all kinds of water. He loves lake water. He loves salt water. He loves... Uh, salt water taffy. He likes the salt water pool at the West Edmonton Mall. Is it salt and, water? And the, the Moose Jaw Spa is a salt water. Shout out Moose Jaw. Shout out Tanner. Um, 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 I forgot. Oh, what does uh, drinking Bud Light and having sex in a canoe have in common? Uh, they're uh, something about wood. They're they're both fucking near water. There you go. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. Miles has got it today. You know and... who else? You know who else had it, Nolan? Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord, because he had it with in forty nine seconds into the game. Your seats weren't even warm. The anthem singer wasn't even onto the main concourse yet. That was a tough hang for Stuart Skinner oh, on that man. play. <laughs> Um, like guys that were getting guys that were late to the game, getting beers, didn't even get to their seats yet. They hadn't even done the, excuse me, excuse me, great bye. 
Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> just gonna I'm just over there. I'm over in 21A. Like, so quick. Too quick. How did that happen? What were you doing? What were you thinking? Skin job. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a rough goal for you there, friend. Um, but can you blame them? It's the Oilers. Yeah, the game started 10 minutes after they yeah. showed up, so it's fine. And then, uh, luckily they... though, luckily, luckily, Miles, luckily, I don't know if you were, I don't know if you knew, luckily, the Oilers get one back with Leon Dreisaitl scoring on the power play. Thank, thank goodness for the power play to come in handy for once, um, with assists to Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid. A big story about Ryan Nugent Hopkins off of this, off of the next goal, but Leon Dreisaitl just doing what he does best. Um, he's just a, he's just got a classic missile to the back of the net, and uh, guy just doesn't give a shit about celebrating. He fucking rocks. That's how you know you're a professional. You know, some guys score goals in the, in the NHL and like they sweep the ice, they're down on a knee, like they're, they're kissing fingers, pointing up to the sky and shit like that. No, Leon Dreisaitl goes to his office, just kind of sits there, leans, hunches over, has a couple of deep breaths, bangs one into the back of the net and then just kind of like, mm, good, like, good job, good, good. And that is the sign of a true professional. Miles, do you want to take the, do you want to take the next point so that I don't accidentally slip up and say his name? Yeah, sure. I would love to. Um, so after that, games one one, things are going good. Uh, rolling there at Climate Dicks Arena, and then I will remember you. Adam Larson scores a Norris level goal, dancing around Chris Russell and blank because I can't remember who else he absolutely danced. You actually, on. you actually, genuinely don't remember who it I was. I do not remember. Genuinely, do not remember. Call it selective. Oh. The last point, you'll know who it was. Uh, Stances around Chris Russell and somebody <laughs> that we're going to talk about later to score his second goal of the year. I wrote fuck in capital letters because that is what I said in my buddy Ben's apartment. Shout out Ben and Lisa. Nice watching the game with you. But not nice watching Adam Larson uh, do Adam Larson things against the Oilers. That wasn't even Adam Larson things. Like That's not a goal he's known for, but he made that's... those guys look goofy. That's a uh, draft day Adam Larson move because that was back when Adam Larson was like compared to freaking. Uh, I, I think his I think his comp was Sammy Sallow, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, a, could you imagine? Uh, that's got to be a real kick in the nuts, doesn't it, Adam? Oh. Uh, okay, so who was the other guy he danced around? I legitimately do not remember. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it the attack? Is it the mm -hmm. Tim Hortons crasher? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Okay, it was Zach Cassian, guys. Sorry, I, I brought up a bad point. No one can get really mad at me. Uh, so with that in mind, it's 2-1 for the other guys. That's tough. And then Boosh Daddy gets another one. Another one uh, from courtesy of Yesipoli Harvey and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And what, if, what is so important about this assist, Miles, is that Ryan Nugent Hopkins hit 500 career points, all with the Oilers. First overall pick, hot kid, hot guy, Red Jersey race to the rafters. He's 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 staying forever. Keep Nugent forever because he gets 500 points. Hey, 
Um, kind of insane that he got drafted in 2009? 11. 11? I was not even that close. Uh, and, and it has the same amount of career points as Connor McDavid. Just, yeah. just, just uh, not to diminish what Nuge did there because 500 career points in the NHL, huge. Um, but like for comparison's sake, um, like when we when he scored the 500 points, we talked about Taylor Hall having three more points than him despite playing five more years. Um, yeah, just another little shout out, another little feather in the cap for Connor. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a hot take or it's the wrong thing to say that that. Like, I love Nuge like the next guy, but I don't think it's necessarily a hot take or anything to say that he, you, you gotta say it, he has been a disappointment as a first overall pick. V- great player, great player. I, I love Nuge, I really do. But, but as he, a first overall pick. As a first yeah. overall pick, and the hype behind him, because the hype behind him was that he was this... Like he was yeah, Joe, he was Joe Sackick, man, coming out. Yeah, of, he was. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and I, I think his draft day comp was Pavel Datsuk because it was he was this incredible skater that had this incredible vision for the puck, and even in his rookie season, I, I, I was shocked because I personally thought that he should have been sent back to Red Deer when he was drafted because I didn't, I honestly didn't think he was big enough. No, but he was he was quite skinny, small in stature. Like, and sorry to cut you off, Nolan, but this is like okay. my my favorite thing to talk about. They drafted him as a centerman uh, in the National Hockey League to play immediately against like prime Anze Kopitar and Ryan Getzlaff. Like, yeah, that like the dude's 176 pounds, and you're gonna have him going against two of the best faceoff men in the NHL. Like. Again, not an advantageous position that they were putting this young kid in, uh, but solid NHL career, solid player. I mean, as a first overall pick, you might not be stoked with it, but that, or not even stoked with it. Like, we're stoked with Nuge. Um, but, like, good guy, good career, keep it going. Yeah, I, th- I he's he's going to be that guy that... Yes. Sorry, did you hear what uh, Dry said about him in the post-game interview about that? I uh, was it a I, I know that he called him Nuggy again. Yeah, he's like, um, yeah, shout out, like, congrats to Nuggy, like, good game for him. Um, he's like, he's such a good player, and I think that his best hockey is still ahead of him. I agree with that. Yeah. I genuinely agree with that wholeheartedly because I think that the second the second half to his career could be as a as a multi-dimensional winger, I I could easily see him having the um having like a Patrick Marlowe sort of end to his career because he's always been a really great skater. His he's cuz he he doesn't rely on speed, right? Like he's not he's not like Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid I love and is obviously the greatest player in the world and and all that stuff, but part of me does have a little bit of concern for when the wheels start to slow down. How does that how does that next era of Connor McDavid look? But I'm not worried about that right now. But a guy like Nuge, I'm genuinely not worried because I firmly believe with his hockey sense, he does have a good shot. It just hasn't been going in as much, but he's got a good shot, defensively really sound, a, among one of the best defensive players in the NHL. He's a great player, and he's just solid. He doesn't rely on athleticism or or hitting or any of that shit. That just like that's so that's so important to a lot of these impact players. 
So I, I'm I'm really excited to see what the second half of his career is because you never know. He could have a couple of 80-plus point seasons ahead of him. Yeah, he's still relatively young. Um, he's quite healthy. Uh, and again, like he, he's not... Knock uh, on wood. Knock on wood, yeah, absolutely. I uh, don't want a Nolan prediction here from the start of the season on anybody. And um, yeah, shout out Nuge. 500 points for Nuge. Uh, we love to see it especially on a Boosh Daddy goal. Um, I'm going to give it away a little bit here, but uh, two games in a row where Evan has two points. Very nice. Very Very good good stuff. stuff. Very good stuff. Very good player. Very talented player. Speaking of talented players, this guy isn't necessarily one, but Colin Blackwell immediately, not so immediately, gets a goal. Normally, I wouldn't be that angry, um, but the primary helper went to former Edmonton Oiler and DUI evader Riley Sheehan. Miles, you're so problematic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But once again, let them get a little close, and by a little close, I mean... Now we're losing. Yeah, Yeah, this isn't good. I mean, you know, I just, I, I honestly don't have any words because I, this is this game once again just drove me completely bonkers. At that point, I said, "Is it bad? I'm not even worried. Is it bad? I'm not even worried." Uh, and then Alex Wenberg gets a goal from a former nemesis of the show, Mason Appleton, uh, and Penny's brother, as I'm now calling uh, Jamie Alessiak, um, because she's a better athlete than he is, hands down. Um, that, at that point, I said, what the hell is going on? I was no longer not even worried. I was genuinely concerned. Um, McDaniel, Connor McDaniel, scores a mid-third period goal to give the people at home hope. That goal was assisted by... Leon Dreisaitl and Evan Bouchard, which is um, a different variation of what I'm calling the Egyptian God card point combo here at one for one. Uh, But despite a third period push, the Oilers dropped this one. And Jack Michaels, who's a friend of the show, was absolutely parched after calling a hectic end to the game once again. Nolan, what do you think of the Yu-Gi-Oh reference there? Are you a fan? Do you like it? Can I get some feedback? I didn't consult you before I put that in the notes, but I think it's really funny. I think I I think I think that rocks. I think uh, the the it, the Egyptian god the Egyptian god pork, Egyptian god card point combo is so deliciously f- like funny, but also just kind of fucking dorky. And I think it's <laughs> it's everything that that brings you and I together. Um, I did some I did something really stupid, and this is really embarrassing. Do you have time for a quick story? Yes. Okay, so I was talking to NYR Nick, shout out Nick, about Yu-Gi-Oh! a little while okay. ago. Because, um, like, who didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh! when they were a kid? We grew up in prime Yu-Gi-Oh! era. Um, so he told me about this video series to watch on, on Netflix, and, or not on Netflix, on YouTube. And I unfortunately can't remember what it was called, but it's, like, an, essentially, like, every Yu-Gi-Oh! episode in three minutes. <laughs> and it's dubbed over with a guy who's like, oh, what a, what a fucking idiot. Like, he just, it's funny. It's good. It's, it's good humor. I made the mistake of falling asleep while watching it and it just rolled through on YouTube. Absolutely rolled through. So now like, you know how YouTube's algorithm works like related videos. Yeah. Okay. This is where it gets really good. So, um, (laughs) fuck man, this is so fucking embarrassing. I can't believe I'm talking about this. So (laughs) now my recommended on YouTube is like F1 cooking shows, body lifting and or body bodybuilding and fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. So, (laughs) 
when you scroll through, as I go through my YouTube, it's just a, a mishmash of shit, right? Okay, embarrassing, but could be a lot worse. How does it get worse? Um, go to the Rodeo Cabaret a couple of weekends ago and meet a couple of nice gals, and they decide to come- <laughs> Yeah. And they decide to come back to the house to hang out, get some pizza, play some card games. I throw on YouTube to put some fucking music on. And they get to see every dirty bit of Miles' psyche. Is that like that anime game? Like, are you like an anime guy? So here I am, hammered. Right in the face, defending my fucking Yu-Gi-Oh fandom. <laughs> when people say my life is a movie, like on like as a joke, my life is a curb your enthusiasm episode. My life is a fucking joke. <laughs> Oh, Miles, I love you. <laughs> Doesn't even say it back. What a prick! I, 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 I love you. I love you too, Nolan. But oh my, I hate, I, I, I hate me. I'm just letting you know. If even if you ask me to delete that story, I'm not deleting it. No, I, I think enough of the the people that listen um, can know. appreciate the, the can appreciate the circumstance. Um, One thing I did want to mention about Evan Bouchard, by the way, is Evan Bouchard now has, I believe, 15 points on the season in 24 games, or sorry, 23 games. Without being the power play specialist. Yes, yes. So, hold on. Yes, so 15 points. And Miles, with that being said, he has 12 even strength points. Do you know where that puts him? in league scoring for defensemen in even strength points. Uh, top top six. Tied for fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a hockey guy. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! And, uh, hockey, F1, cooking, bodybuilding. That's he's, me. Uh, he's uh, tied with Chris Letang, Mackenzie Weger, Gustav Forsling, and he is ahead of Roman Yossi, Dougie Hamilton, Morgan Riley, Shane Gossespair, Shea Theodore. Keep going. I'm uh, so close. Uh, Moritz Sider, uh, 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 Devon Taves, uh, Jacob Slavin, uh, 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 Quinn Hughes! Jim! <laughs> Jim! Jim, pack your shit! <laughs> we'll uh. get to Jim. We'll get to Jim. We have to motor. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, okay. So, 32 shots on goal for the Oilers. Two less than the Kraken, which means <laughs> quick math says 34 shots, lost in the faceoffs, lost in the hits, one for four in the power play, four for four on on the PK. What what did you on uh, future Wolfgang kill them all? Yes, <laughs> killing their killing their power play opportunity at at four for four on the PK. That's that's some Tyler the Creator shit. Okay, I will make this quick. All right. Okay, I've I have heard this. The folks at home have not. Nolan, that game, can I tee up for this one? Can I can I throw it off the backboard for you? Yep. Um, so there's a there's an issue in Oilerville 
And that is surrounding one Zachary Cassian, a guy who will come out in some games, play like a fucking maniac, score big goals, make big physical hits, and just be a menace. Uh, and then there are other games where Zachary Cassian floats around in the defensive zone and neutral zone, looks like he doesn't even want to be there, and is essentially just a, a bald-headed boy. Nolan, what game did we get from Zachary Cassian on this occasion at Climate Dicks Arena? Not only was he a bald-headed boy, he was a bald-headed baby boy. I... Uh... I'm fucking done with Zach Cassian. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm fucking done. I have never seen a $3.2 million a year player work as little as Zach Cassian. The only time he works is when he's thrown on the top line, scores his fucking three points or whatever, and then he's done. This guy is a... I'm, I'm just... I'm done with him. I'm finished with him. I want him off of this team. I'm sick of the coaching staff continuously giving him opportunities. I'm sick of the media pumping up this narrative about how we need the playoff Zach Cassian back. Oh, remember him in 2017? He had like three fucking points in like 14 games. And we're talking about him as if he was this dominant uh, this, this dominant point per game player that had like a million hits or something. Give your fucking head a shake. He's 30, what, 31? And he plays like a, he, he plays like he's 42 and he just got offered a league min and he's still trying to hold on to whatever little career he has left. This guy got the bag and he's done and he doesn't give a shit. And I feel bad trying to call for some guy's head whom, whom I, I don't know. Maybe Zach Cassian is, has his own shit going on, but what is the common storyline we have to do every year? Is this the year Zach Cassian comes back? Zach Cassian's got to be an X factor. Zach Cassian's got to start contributing, dude. You are like the what? How? What is? What is he in forwards? He's uh, McDavid, Drysaitel, Hyman, uh, Nuge. Uh, yeah, so he's the fifth highest paid player on this team. What are we doing here? And, and and there was all the rumors about how he could have been traded for a third-round pick or, or something like that. Zach Cassian should have been gone for a fifth. I'm just, I'm fucking done with him, man. I'm, I, I can't, this guy drives me completely insane. And I know that this is not the diplomatic thing to do, but I have been making excuses for Zach Cassian for this long. I, I can't, in my good conscience, do it anymore. He is just done to me. You hit the nail on the head, Nolan, and that's a big problem in Oilersville is is the romanticizing that's been done to the legacy of Zach Cassian from that playoff push. We've got to be smarter and stop calling it a playoff run. That playoff push um, when he was this resurgent player. And like you said, he got the bag from that and, and just hasn't been the same guy since. Um, again, the money that he's making as the fifth highest paid forward on the Oilers is significantly problematic considering the players that we need to resign in the next year or two. Um, so that 3.2 or 3. Point whatever million could be very, very better spent. And just like you said, if we could have gotten rid of him for a fifth, a third, a bag of pucks, fuck dude, anything at this point is better than what we've been putting up with. Because again, 
it's so damn frustrating to see the game he plays and the lazy floating shit that he gets away with just to be thrown up on the top line, get his points, and then go back down where he's supposed to be a line driver and he doesn't do a fucking fraction of what he should. Now I'm worked up. I, and that's and that's and that's the thing is I I I would be I'd be perfectly okay if Zach Cassian scored thirty points a year, but he played well defensively. He tried. It seems like Zach Cassian cares more about making fucking cameos than he does for playing for the Edmonton Oilers. There's the tweet, folks. That's the that's the tweet right there. He cares more about cameos than he does playing hockey, and I don't think you're wrong. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, the best thing he's done is the Matthew Kachuk drama in the past, like two, three years. And like, all you did was get us a, a suspy in a very important part of the season. So thank you for that. You fucking, yeah. And, and then he, what was it? Was it the, the, the game he, he followed, then he followed that up. I can't remember which one came first, but then follows it up by kicking Eric Chernak. Yeah. In the chest. Like, fuck. I'm yeah okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I know that this is kind of harsh to do to a player, but that's the nice part about coming to one for one is you can hear us just completely tear into a player without having to do it with all the the frills and nonsense of oh well you know, maybe he's going through like no you got the bag you got the bag and you're done. So if Zach Cassian uh, comes out this week and gets like a phantom twelve points, um. Will there I'm be an apology? It. Will there be an apology? Dude, do you know what this is? This is your affinity for why you hate Jujar. This is the Jujar thing. Like, comes out, has a dominant game, and you think, this guy is a fucking stud. And then he's just a fucking potato. I don't know if I agree to you at the same extent, but it's hard to look in the mirror and say otherwise. Speaking, it's similar. <laughs> speaking of things that are hard, Nolan. Uh, <laughs> that could go a number of ways. Um, <laughs> Not me. <laughs> watching the Oilers lose 5-1 to one on a fucking Sunday night against the LA Kings in a game where uh, the return of Darnell Nurse is supposed to be our saving grace. This game, Nolan, I have dubbed... It only hurts when I'm dot 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 breathing. Oh man, yeah this this is not this was not a good game. This was a this was a stinky game. Uh, despite the two one lead that the Kings had going in to going into this game with only a few minutes left it, it, until the the moment that everyone has talked about. This game was never winnable for the Oilers and this this game is the type of game that we've talked about before where the old Oilers would lose that oh and the old the the old Oilers came out in a very very ugly way this was Uh, the Scooby-Doo meme of like of the oh who are you ah it's the 1819 Oilers okay let's be we got to be quick here because there's some big shit we got to talk about in this in this and still in the rest of the episode Rasmus Coupon scores a really nice backdoor tap-in goal two minutes into the game please show up on time that's literally all we're asking for all I am asking for is for you to correct me on the pronunciation what's his name Kupari yeah, I was not. I wasn't even trying at this point. It's a, at this point. It's it's not worth it. Um, after that, Adrian, Adrian, 
Kempe scores uh, one from Dirty Dowdy and Dirty Dustin for his ninth of the year. And we are going to be talking about Adrian a few times throughout this episode. So get ready to hear my Rocky impression once more. Uh, welcome back, Darnell. As mentioned, we missed you very much. He gets off the schneid and scores his first of the year on a nifty little rush and elevate the puck goal. It was truly worth the $9.5 million, Nolan. It was very, very cool. Side note, did you see him before the game with, with Baby Doc? I did see that. It was very, very cute. cute. Very, very cute. Very heartwarming. Very heartwarming. And that is the last positive thing we're going to say for the remainder of this recap. Nolan, after you. Then, with only only like six minutes left, Connor McDavid smash Adrian Kempe oh, Adrian, uh, <laughs> from behind and is handed a, a five-minute major as well as a game misconduct. Guess what? Not going to win if you're not going to win with six minutes left. If you got five minutes on a PK, boom. And the, and the Kings go full supernova, cash it in. Not once, not twice. Miami Heat, three times. Oh. With um, Kempe, Doughty, Adrian. and Trevor Moore scoring to make it 5-1. Loilers. Loilers. Coilers. Like poop. Yes, um, they laid down a coiler. Speaking of coilers, um, that call on McDavid to get kicked out of the game. Uh, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? You can go first. Uh, as the resident... Um, Hits expert. Uh, hits expert. Uh, Department of Player Safety expert. Department of Attitude. Yeah, guy who knows everything about hockey expert. Um, that was the correct call. The the refs were kind of forced to to kick him out of that game because, like, from a textbook definition of hitting from behind, I mean, it, it kind of was. Fucking squared him up in the numbers and drilled him. I will say, like, Connor McDavid sees the game faster than anybody else in the NHL. And if you watch that, uh, sees it faster than everybody in the NHL. I'm not in the NHL, so I see it as fast as he does. Um, Kempe was like starting to turn. He was in the in the progression of turning out of the boards. Um, and then he just kind of didn't. He went back the other way. Like he was going to do a little bit of a switcheroo and go down along the low boards. And McDavid was coming in to hit him, anticipating that he was going to turn out uh, toward the circle and walk into the slot. Um, he didn't. Hit him square in the back. Drilled his face off the boards. Drew blood. Drew blood. What do you do? I mean, like, okay, there's two scenarios. One, the refs do the right thing, call it, kick him out. Two, they don't because, like, it wasn't that bad. Kempe wasn't hurt, like, clearly wasn't malicious, all that sort of stuff. Um, And then McDavid doesn't get kicked out of the game, and then the rest of the NHL is like, what the fuck? There's a double standard. This is bullshit. So, A, in a game where we were confident that the Oilers were not going to win based on how they were playing, I think it's – not okay, but like something I can at least stomach happening. Yeah, my biggest issue with that is shouldn't Adrian Kempe have been have been in concussion protocol? Because like he scored on the power play. Like I kind of agree with Dave Tippett where he's like, oh, yeah, I thought this guy was injured, and then he's on the he's on the subsequent power play. Like that doesn't make sense. Uh, nonetheless, though, I do agree with you. The annoying part is that Connor McDavid gets hit like this all the time and nothing gets called out of it. And it's just like, oh, it's just cross-checking. Um, <laughs> so I I can, I, yeah, I just, I honestly, I'm, I don't like talking about this because I think everybody has done it to death. Like everybody's talked about this whole 
fucking McDavid thing. I mean, I think the more exciting discussion is about the whole Jason Specha Neil Pionk incident from last night. And then the Pierre-Luc Dubois Austin Matthews wrestling. Yeah, match. the yeah, the yeah, the Phantom Ball Matthews. Yeah. Um, but I mean, long story short, the Oilers were never in this game, looked like complete shit. Um, LA was really great. I, I mean, I gotta say, Philip Deneau has been such a good addition for them. He's looked really, really, really good. They play played them really hard defensively. No space given reminded me so much of like the the worst parts about that Jets series. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just... And it, it reminded me of, like you said, the worst parts of that Jet Series without the intensity that the Oilers had in that Jet Series to keep grinding, keep trying. It's like as soon as they were getting past the blue line, it was like, ah, okay, I don't want to take another hit here. I'm just going to yeah, I'm just gonna kind of retreat a little bit. <clears throat> um, speaking of this game, awful segue, bullshit. Uh, shout out to Babyback Billick, friend of the show. Uh, who was actually in attendance at this game. I'm very sorry that you went to what is probably the worst Oilers game of the year. Uh, it hurts me that that happened to you, but you are a very good guy, and uh, hopefully we can go to one together that the Oilers win. And it's just, and this was the game that I, I actually tweeted from the one-for-one one account. This is going to be the interesting start. This is the most embarrassing loss of the season so far. And this is where it all begins. This is the the put-up-or-shut-up time. Because if you're not ready for this, if, if you're not ready to bounce back from this, I don't know what to tell you. You might as well clock out and go home. Because if you yeah. can't, like, the next game that they have, spoiler alert, is against the, the Minnesota Wild, who look really good who yeah. just came off beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, even like held the Leafs off. They were up 3-1, 3-0. Uh, game got tied up, and then they won in a shootout. So like these these wild are for real. And if the Oilers can't come back, bounce back next game, and put up a decent effort, fucking pack it in and go home because you're you're made of, of rubber at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then just wanted to quickly touch upon this. I don't know if you saw this at all, Miles, but... Um... William Loggison's agent, Alan Walsh, who uh, now has, a, I, I believe, a podcast uh, on, like, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Um, no free ads. Uh, but anyways, Alan Walsh basically came out, and ha his tweet was, uh, Oilers defenseman William, William Loggison had his best game in the NHL Friday night. What happens? Dave Tippett never told him he's out tonight. Didn't tell him to skate with the scratches. He finds out just before the game, it's the kind of disrespect that destroys teams. And then follow that up with, William Loggison has done everything asked of him by the organization. Players get scratched and have no issue with that. All we ask is to be treated with respect, and Dave Tippett has shown that he doesn't do that to his players. I don't totally agree with that, because I feel like every player that's played for Dave Tippett loves Dave Tippett. Yeah, so he, he's just, definitely a player's coach. Yeah, totally. And I... And, no matter what we want to say about Dave Tippett or how much I dislike a lot of his a lot of his decisions, um, I just I don't know if I totally agree with that. I feel like the shit happens all the time in the NHL. Um, Jason Strudwick actually had a actually had a reply to it. He said, "I unfortunately probably own the NHL record for most time healthy scratched. The news has been delivered to me in many ways, including a couple by a trainer. Even that didn't destroy the team." So, I mean. 
I really like William Loggison. I thought he was pretty. I thought he was pretty good. But I mean, at the same time, the Oilers got shelled on on Friday or on on that Friday. So I'm I'm not too worried about about his feelings after that one. Speaking of getting fucking shelled, Nolan, um, the Oilers were completely outshot in this game, forty to twenty two. Der- Derek Ryan, Colton Sevier. Warren Fogle all went minus two, while Broberg and Russell went minus one. Friendly reminder for those at home that special teams goals for and against do not factor into plus minus. Otherwise, this would be a whole different story. I've got to say, like, I, I, I feel bad saying this, but Derek Ryan has not been very good <laughs> since he, the he had a season. He, he had a hard week, especially this, this yeah. week was a very hard week for Derek Ryan. Um, and we are hoping that he is able to bounce back. Yeah. Um, speaking of bouncing back, Nolan, I'm kind of fucking done talking about the Oilers. Cause I'm very upset right now. How do you feel? Um, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. I'm really worried because I feel like they've been doing this shit and it's, it's, it's been like, a this week has been kind of like a microcosm of their season so far which is not starting on time i mean it's it's led to wins i completely agree with that they're 16 and 7 but the other important important stat about that is that they are 8 and 6 since going 9 and 1 so like not great the power play is the biggest issue to me and it's the main reason why i'm so pissed off at dave tippett I think I, I did the math on this. I, 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 I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Oilers' power play is, like, fucking three for, like, 32 or something like that. In the last, like, in the last how many games? Or maybe it's, like, two for 23 or something like that in their, no. in their last. It's it's not good right now. No, I noticed that uh, there was a graphic shown in the Seattle game. They were, like, 36%, 34% on the power play. And I was like, that, it, it's, like, best in the league. I'm like... That is like criminally low for the Oilers. They're usually around that 50% mark, like at least this season when they were balling. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, that would make sense then that uh, that they've been pooping a little bit in the past in the past bit here because that is a, not a regular Glenn goal. It's an Oilers power play number. I'm sorry, but Tyson Berry needs to get off the power play. Put up fucking Evan in, it man. Need, it we, needs to be Evan Bouchard. We've it, been it, saying this for so long. His, his, his fucking shot causes so many problems. And if you just, if like, just put the puck on net and then just get the rebound. I don't. It's, hey, it was one of my hot takes is that he was going to be, he was going to be there by Christmas time and we're right on schedule. So I'm, I'm thinking sooner than later with the struggles that they're having, they're going to make some changes and big daddy Boosh is going to just be throwing them on that, throwing that thing around. So fantasy players, if you don't have Evan Bouchard on your bench or on your team, uh, you should get him because he's going to be really good. And he is already uh, maybe not so much uh, general discussion time here. And I threw this up on the Instagram late at night on Saturday after a Canucks fan, a disgruntled Canucks fan threw a Jersey on the ice after they lost four to one to Pittsburgh, which begs the question is a Jersey toss on the ice scummy or funny. Um, we pulled this one on Instagram as mentioned and it came back as 14 for funny and 15 for scummy. So actually a pretty even split. More interestingly enough, Nolan voted funny. I voted scummy. Nolan, why do you think it's funny? I shouldn't have said that I voted it. 
I don't know. I wish I had like a middle button because the best way to describe it is it depends on the scenario. It depends on the situation. I hate the idea of the Leafs on like a four game losing streak and some fucking fan throwing their jersey on the ice. That's so stupid, right? But Oilers during Decade of Darkness, jersey on the ice, like it's it's really bad. Now, I think you're dumb for throwing your jersey on the ice because you've like you're literally throwing a two hundred dollar jersey on the ice unless you pirated like a freaking nerd. Arr. Yeah, but the like I, I I really think it all depends on context more than anything because. With the Canucks fans, they are basically going through their own decade of darkness right now, and it just seems like things aren't going to change, and it seems like this problem starts from ownership and just works its way on down. And uh, so I, I don't I don't totally get, I'm not totally mad at Canucks fans for this one, but I do agree in a way that it it is pretty scummy to throw your jersey on the ice. I am having a crisis at this moment in time, Nolan. And that is because I went into this segment like thinking I was going to be fucking guns ablazing and we were going to get in a little bit of debate, but you uh, like really put it in a nice way and you have my marketing brain rethinking how I went about asking that question because it should be a scale because it is, it is not so black and white as this is good or this is bad. It is like totally based in context. Um, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. In this instance, um, I didn't like it just because of like what this team is made up as. Like the, these Canucks are like a lot of young guys that are all struggling with a lot of like um, character and like self confidence and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So in that regard, yeah, I know it's been a decade of darkness, but this is kind of like their resurgent core, and I don't like that the fan did that because like I think of like a Pedersen or a, or. A, Hughes or a Besser even Besser's a little older um or like a Demko looking at that and being like oh fuck man I'm like I'm in Vancouver like I'm in a graveyard place like this is awful like why am I, I don't even want to be here um so in that situation I don't like it but I do agree like when the Leafs, Leafs lose three in a row and then they're like in San Jose and somebody's just like fuck it and throws it on the ice <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess the the thing with like the Besser and with like the Besser and Pedersen and Hughes thing, it's it's more of just like, a, you guys are the best players on the team for a reason. I think you just kind of have to be able to take it on the chin and move on. Um, but I do agree with you. I do agree with you in a way. Like it, it's it's probably definitely hurting the soul for them. Uh, you know, how a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I mean, they got Bruce Boudreau now. <laughs> hey, and Nolan, that is a terrific segue into our NHL stuff discussion of the day. Travis Green and Jim Benning have finally been taken out to pasture and mercifully relieved of their duties in Vancouver. Executed. <laughs> uh, as mentioned, big bad bopping Bruce Boudreau is in at coach. And GM is to be decided. I heard uh, uh, terrific source Gary Lawless saying last night during the um, night's uh, broadcast that it's looking like at the Sedins, but fuck, I doubt it. I um, saw a tweet today that it's Bergevin. Oh, I hope, <laughs> I hope it is. I hope it is. Um, uh, Miles, I'm assuming it, you've never seen The Godfather, right? Um, no. Okay, so you don't know about the christening scene or the christening scene. No, um, sir. Okay, well, I like to for for anybody that has seen The Godfather, I like to imagine that 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 
Francesco Aquilini is Michael Corleone and like Travis Green and Jim Benning and all of the staff are all of the different people that he lines up to have murdered all at the same time. <laughs> like a firing squad. Yeah, basically, but it's like it's like the scene that builds up where they're at the christening and then he has all of these people executed. All at, all at like the same. You have you you have to watch the Godfather. Miles. I, just for just for that to land, I think I should. But speaking of landing, Nolan, uh, Travis Green landed in Vancouver as the GM in 2014, and since then, what did I say? Travis Green. Travis Green. Uh, Travis Green also gone. But Jim <laughs> Benning landed in Vancouver in 2014 uh, after being one of the architects of destruction for that uh, Boston Bruins 2011 Stanley Cup run. Um, and what did he do, Nolan? Let's look at some of the numbers. The Canucks are 8-15-2 on the year, last in the division. They made the playoffs twice in his tenure. Um, Green also, interestingly enough, signed a two-year extension back in May. Uh, it's very funny talking to Canucks fans. Shout out floor by Alex, uh, because when you talk to them before the season started, um, we had the best off season. Um, like we've got a great coach. Like I, we got hit by COVID. It wasn't fair. Like this is our fucking year. Like nobody's going to be better than us. All Reckman, Larson, Quinn Hughes, like who would you rather have? These guys are studs, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, blow it all up. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. Done. It's a mess. Grab your brooms. So, um, <laughs> Really looking forward to Canucks fans um, hurting for a little bit longer as they find their identity. And if it is Bergevin, oh, there is is a newer nemesis if it's Mark Bergevin. They're about to go from, like, the worst guy at trading and making free agent acquisitions to one of the better guys at trading in this league from one of the best at scouting and developing talent to possibly the worst in the NHL. It's like, it's a complete, it's a complete alternate reality. Oh, anyways. Um, Losers, losers, losers. Losers, losers, losers. Speaking of losers, the Islanders lost their 11th game in a row after the shootout. Very, very tough. A lot of people, Nolan, myself included, had very high hopes for Lay Islanders this year, and they have not lived up to them. Speaking of not living up to hopes, one of Fuchs's frauds have shown uh, their true colors. True colors. And that's why you lost your eighth in a row. Flyers give up seven against Champa Bay to lose their eighth straight game. Very fitting today, Nolan. Did you see the video of the dogs on the ice? I certainly did. Very fitting for those of you who haven't seen it, that the um, Philadelphia Police Department was on ice at the Wells Fargo Center today where a very pretty German Shepherd police dog took a steamer, a literal shit at center ice on the Flyers logo. He is letting people know how he feels about the team. Uh, that being said, uh, the Leafs and Oilers are both two, uh, two straight losses, but we're not talking about that right now because we're talking about the Philadelphia Flyers who got their ice shit on by a police dog. Um, when you thought that that was going to be the news of the day from Philadelphia, they said, surprise, we've got something better. <laughs> and the Monday morning news broke that Alan Vingolt was fired as the Philadelphia Flyers coach. Very funny, Nolan, 
Um, when I went to verify this, I went straight to their Twitter account to see it, to see what had been posted. And their Twitter bio is literally play like a blank flyer, uh, L.A. Mignon. Their quote in their bio is from the coach that they just fired. Yeah, don't like to see that. Oh! They also have oh! like, they also have a who's who of like an assistant coaching staff because I know that Mike Yo and Michelle Terrien are both are, are both assistants on that on that uh, coaching staff. Um, yeah, I mean for the fun, I would love to see Michelle Terrien be the head coach. Um, I, but I think it's probably going to end up being Mike Yo. It's 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 Chuck Fletcher's um, team. It is Mike Yo confirmed. They they announced about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Lovely. So, Congratulations, Philadelphia. You're Mike, about to get one of the most boring coaches in the NHL. Well, in Philadelphia's defense, like teams that have Mike Yo, he's kind of like the one before the one, right? Like you need to have Mike Yo before you find your Craig Berube. So hopefully uh this is how the Flyers turn it around. Uh, and speaking of teams turning it around, Jack Hughes signs a eight-year extension worth $8 million for a grand total of getting $64 million. Back up the Brinks truck, everybody, because a man with 52 career points is getting $64 million. Holy Moses. That, that bull... That blows my mind, man. 52 career points at the time of signing that contract, and he gets an 8 by 8 Um, Hopefully he's not like his brother. <laughs> um, I think that the best Hughes brother is still at Michigan, in my humble opinion. But, um, yeah, good for you, Jack. That's going to buy you a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Chipotle bowls. I think that's going to end up being a bargain. That's my that's my, that's my my big takeaway from, from that, is I think that that's going to be a big bargain in, like, two years. So, fun fun fact there. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, skating with the Lightning again. We like to see that. We love to see Kuch back in the league. Um, another another important bit of news. Uh, Ilya Shesterkin went down Saturday. Did not look good. But luckily, he'll only miss a week. So, a, a guy that's a potential Hart Trophy candidate because he is literally holding the Rangers. Flyers together with that string that you put around a ham. <laughs> That is very funny. That is very funny. Um, I know I know you wanted to talk about this, Nolan, um, and I will let you do that because I know how much this guy means to you. Eric Carlson has been a fucking animal, for lack of a better term. Uh, how do you feel about that, Nolan? 14 points in 19 games. He's playing. He's only playing 22 minutes a night, so he's a bit scaled back. But his underlying numbers... Eric Carlson is playing the best hockey he's played since he left the Ottawa Senators. And for me, my personal porn addiction is me watching Eric Carlson 2017 playoff highlights because that is some, like, attach fucking, uh, attach a jumper cables to my nipples and call me daddy because I love watching Eric Carlson highlights from that playoff run. With your feet in a kiddie pool of shallow water. Yeah, so just kill me, <laughs> just kill me on sight. Uh, uh, it's just it's so good to see. I I I love when elite players go back to being elite players, and I just want this to keep up, and I want him to be really good. So, thank you, Eric Carlson, for still being good. Thank you, Eric Carlson. Um, you're a you're a flow side in, and we love you. Um, speaking of shoutouts and special shoutouts, uh, the team we were just talking about. Special shoutouts to the New Jersey Devils. 
for their initiative to help black entrepreneurs in the Newark area. It's a really cool story. It's a really, really great thing that they're doing. Um, shout out to Flo's Tasty Treats and the Newark Paper Company, who were selected as the recipients of the Devils, um, Devils by Black program. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Devils by Black program started in 2020 to help support and amplify black owned businesses and entrepreneurs. The Devils provide these businesses with 90 minutes of in-game digital advertising above the Zamboni entrance and give them shout outs on their social media and radio networks. Um, as somebody who works in marketing and, and knows a little bit about the costs that, that come with that for that sort of reach um, for any sort of small business, it's nearly impossible to do that for a major sport. So the fact that they're doing that for the these businesses is like terrific is so fantastic um uh, as well as selecting one of these businesses or another business i wasn't totally sure based on the wording of the article um to be the team's featured helmet decal ad for 30 road games this season holy shit that's crazy to get the the helmet advert as a small business is insane because you look at some of those helmet advertisements and their major companies that are traded publicly or or just uh privately owned like mega corps, like TikTok and stuff like that. So crazy that the devils are doing this. Um, Want to give a huge shout out to uh, the Prudential group that is, is behind the devils that is, is organizing this and to the devils themselves for executing it and, and having these business owners out at games. So shout out to the devils. Um, that's really nice because they're making an impact like directly. They're putting their money where it matters and are, are, doing the right thing so shout out to the devils hopefully more teams follow suit i love to see it and and shout out to those two businesses shout out to flow's tasty treats and the newark paper company uh, miles on a side note i just want to say i love having you here to like bring this stuff up because i had no idea that this was going on and i'm really happy that you brought that up because that is so cool that is you're you're just a you're just a wishing well of all of these like cool little stories coming from the nhl it's just i'm not Makes me warm. I'm not just Yu-Gi-Oh and and dumb shit. Apparently, so we're we're stoked about that. Uh, um, last speaking thing of dumb shit, yes. Nolan. Speaking of dumb shit. So, uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Mark Connors, the 16 year old goaltender for the Halifax Hawks. I say 16 because it's very important uh, because he was shouted at with racial slurs and being told that this is a white man's sport. At a recent tournament in Charlottetown. The next time your fucking like racist uncle or grandfather or whatever complains because they have those um those like diversity commercials during hockey games that, that say, Oh yeah, yeah, he should play basketball and they and they complain about that and then they use the whole bullshit of like uh, uh, when you just talk about racism, that's what gets the racism talk. And it's like, no, this is, there's a reason why athletes of color, people of color have to step up and have to have that voice. And it's been so nice to see guys like PK Subban coming up, you know, guys like Ethan, like it's just, it's how, how can you say this shit doesn't exist? I, I don't, I don't get it. And it's, it just goes to show once again, how privileged a lot of both, I mean, I, I want to say white men, but like a lot of white men are in the game of hockey. And it, here it is right here. Yeah, there, there's something to be said about saying something to try and rattle a guy and get in his head and just being a complete and utter fucking asshole. Yeah. And this dude in Charlottesville, 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 
I think it's Charlotte. I think it's Charlottetown. Charlottetown. I'm a shitty Canadian for not fucking knowing that, but I'm just so enraged by that dumbass saying that to a kid, a 16 year old kid playing yeah. midget hockey, like coming out of a COVID pandemic. These guys are just stoked to actually be on the ice again with the boys, and you're saying dumb crap like that. Girl, girl, turn your fucking brain on. Yeah. You're like you're a loser. That guy. That. Ugh, makes you sick but i'm really happy to see how the hockey community has has kind of surrounded this kid and and been supportive of him shouldn't have to happen this way um but nonetheless i'm glad that that we are supporting him and, and well said about the racist uncles and and cousins analogy and stuff like that because we all need to do a better job of speaking up and nipping that shit in the bud before it can go to or get to a point where people are saying crazy crap like that so um help each other be better and help Admit, admit when you're wrong and when you're maybe being a little closed-minded and we'll all get through things better off than we were before. Absolutely. Well, Miles, we, we've made it. We've, we've made it to, to finally trying to look optimistically. Um, I'm cautious, but I'm ca- go ahead. Rattle nope. them off. You go. Okay, I will, and then you give me your prediction. Okay. We have we have the we're entering a nice little home stand here. We've got the Wild December seventh. We've got the Bruins December 9th. <gasps> and the return of Ethan Bear December eleventh against the Carolina Hurricanes. Nolan, <gasps> scary, big week, nervous. What do you think? One and two again. No. Two and one. Two and one. Oh, you're the optimistic ostrich, Miles. I am the optimistic ostrich, but I think I'm going to be uh, regretting that because I think the one they lose is to the Wild. Uh, you think they win against the Hurricanes? I think, they, I, I think the Hurricanes are coming from a different time zone. They're going to be tired. They haven't slept in their own bed for he a while. Is going, Ethan Bear is going to be a man possessed. He's going to look like the second coming of Brian Leach. Oh, well, that's a, that's Shout a out the group. Shout out to the group. The group was fire on Saturday. Uh, absolutely aggressive. Uh, that being said, Nolan, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody. This past weekend was awesome. Uh, Palooza, return of the Palooza was very, very fun. Uh, a lot of interaction on the Instagram there with people. Uh, stoked to see it back. And just excited to see the number of people that are back playing the Palooza. I don't have the wins from the weekend tallied yet, but... Uh, Couple people were, couple people were hot. Put it to you that way. Thank you very much, everybody, for for joining that again. It's so nice to have it going. It's so nice to have the interaction. And here's to more people listening, more people following us on Instagram, and more people being involved with the discussion of both the Pickapalooza as well as one for one miles. Let's send it off. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 12 of One for One. It's been an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to a big game of Oilers Weeks. And as always, Oilers go. Oilers go! Oilers go!